Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido along with Scoop. Yo, 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 yo. And Johnson. Guido, do you remember how fun I talked about last show when we beat Virginia Tech? Remember how fun we said that was? Yeah. yeah. That's how that's how not fun last night's Texas game was. It was not. That's how not that's how not fun it was. It was not fun at all. You know what the funnest part of the whole thing was? Was when, and I don't remember, Scoot, you probably remember the the guy on the pregame show who picked West Virginia to win the game. Oh, yeah. Half, and then at halftime, he was like, I didn't say West Virginia. I said Texas. <laughs> I didn't say West Virginia. Uh, yeah, tough one, boys, as WVU travels to Austin and loses to Texas 38-20. to And I got to tell you, that 38-20 to wasn't really 38-20. No, to not at all. That, like the twenty was is like generous. Yeah. It was like they they gave us free points on the scoreboard. Well, I mean, for WVU like, scores thirteen points in the fourth quarter to sort of dress it up a little bit. But this game was over with like four minutes to go in the first half, right? I yeah. mean, it was over. We knew it. It felt bad. We fell down twenty eight nothing, and then really the only thing, Guido, I think that I'm happy about from this game is that Neil Brown confirmed uh, late last night that C.J. Donaldson had been. Uh, discharged and was traveling home with the team and signs seemed to be positive. That was such a scary moment in the second half and it just sort of sucked the whatever energy was left on that West Virginia sideline. It just like sucked it right out of the facility. And I, I was just, you know, I think everyone was had thoughts and prayers with CJ and thank goodness it sounds positive um you know right now so i you know thank goodness what a scary situation that was yeah it was definitely definitely frightening it was really weird because it 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 was a seemingly like looks like it was a fairly inconsequential sort of you know tackle and play there was nothing crazy there and i know that Jed Drenning had said during the radio broadcast that it looked like something had happened in the previous play and that CJ was a little wobbly going to the line for that play said he looked um, off yeah or so, yeah, maybe something was going on pre that. And then he looked like once he got in the pile, like he kind of took a thigh or like a knee to the head. So who who knows? But it was just they said he was completely out on the field. And that's just a scary thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely for him. But glad he's going to be all right. Scooty, we all picked this as a loss. You, you know, again, you're a prophet. We know this. Um, WVU uh, is coming into a streak of tough games. And on top of that. There are Big 12 teams that are looking good that we didn't expect to look good, and now we play a Baylor team that's coming off of a loss that they're going to be hungry for a win. Uh, I'm getting a little nervous. Well, and rightfully so, Guido. Um, it, Baylor is not going to be an easy game for us at all. Uh, look at Texas was coming off of a loss, and they um, they, they played well. Our offense, I I was concerned in the first quarter when we went um, where we couldn't get first downs, and the ollie meter was kind of raging. It was climbing early. early. Yeah, it it was, was, we were screaming toward our ollie meter over under fast, weren't we? Early on, yeah. So I I had a feeling like I've said this before: if we can't score, we're in trouble, and we couldn't do much on offense early on, especially. So I. I still think, and I and I said this to you guys in text. I, I don't know if this there's anything to this, but I'm not a football X's and O's guy, but I'm starting to to notice patterns, and so I'm wondering if these other teams are starting to pick up on these patterns. For example, Mathis is going to be your starting running back. He brings X, Y, and Z to the table. Then the second series, you're probably going to see Donaldson. He does something like this. And then the third series, and so far, I, I think if we were to watch game film, I would say at least for the last two or three games, the third series has always been Justin Johnson. And for whatever reason, and I don't know why it is, it's not like it's, hey, Justin Johnson's coming in to run this play, and then, oh, here comes Tony Mathis. It's Justin Johnson, you have this un- unended series. You finish the series. Like, we don't trot new running backs in or out. We just leave Justin Johnson in. 
Well, didn't you think it was a little peculiar, I thought, at least at first in this game, that we didn't really attempt any run? I mean, very, you know, little to no rushing. I think the first maybe seven or eight plays Guido felt like all pass plays. And I, I think that's more to do with Texas was really big up front. Uh, I think it was going to be hard to run. Graham Harrell seemed to just sort of concede that early on. Like, I think we would run every now and then scoot, like you're saying, to keep them honest. But by and large, it was on JT Daniels to keep slinging it, uh, even through some unfortunate drops that suddenly perked back up this game. That was frustrating. You know, drops that would have extended drives. I felt like they just sort of said, look, JT, you're going to have to just keep powering through because the running game's not going to be there. Guido, I think we go for, what, 61 total rushing yards in this game? Yeah, and 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 I, I agree with you. Like, I felt like, and I mean, we lost C.J. Donaldson in the second half, so he had, you know, a decent amount of running, but he'd only had four attempts. I thought the play calling looked different this game. I, I guess I'll, stay, I'll say that. Like, I think overall from the beginning of the game on, I felt like the play calling looked a little different, Scooty. It looked nervous, didn't it? It yeah, made me it, feel like they were looked, nervous. Well, it looked like we were going back to a lot more um, five, ten-yard passes. It didn't seem like we tried to open it up all that much like we well, had in the that essentially past. became the running game, I think, as the game went on. Because our time of possession wasn't bad, but I think any little – the, those dinks and dunks seem like that. That's what became our our running game because I don't really think we ever got anything moving on the ground. And I attribute that to sort of a concession that they felt like Texas's front was not going to be moved by our offensive line. So they just they just sort of handed it to JT and said, "Hey, go at it." Well, and I think that's what like, and I I kind of feel like that's what I saw, which was like it was the first time we'd seen like multiple bubble screens and like, there were just like plays that I was surprised. The dreaded bubble screen. Well, and we had been, I mean, I, I think, you know, this is, this is a scooty thing. He wants to see exciting football. And so I felt like we had been good with some exciting football from the offensive side and seeing the ball down the field and 20 yard passes. And I get, we did get a couple. I mean, I know BFW had a 32 yarder in there. I think that for me, it's, it's just like, were they trying was Graham Harrell trying to change things up because he thought okay they've got tape on four games of ours now uh, were we or do we need to do something different to have a uh, chance to I win mean, this that's, game that's reasonable yeah i mean that's reasonable maybe here's the other thing fellas and i'm going to say this and 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 maybe it's maybe it is some of the scheme is different but maybe it's some of the talent is is way different, right? You're not playing the Virginia Tech with the the maybe not as great defense. You're, you're looking at Texas can reel in five-star recruits anytime they want. Right. So you're playing – even Texas's mediocre players are going to be highly recruited, you know, and, and sought-after players. So it's not like you're, you're playing um, – a team that's an FCS team or or Virginia Tech, which again, this just proves that Virginia Tech win um, is it is it as meaningful or as as does it carry as much weight as people want it to? Yeah, I think I tweeted that out when I was talking to someone on Twitter here last night. That it, it felt like more of an indictment on Virginia Tech than it did. We we were talking about the defense, I think, in that in that Twitter conversation, and that's what I was going to say, Scoot, especially. So I would take what you just said and amplify it on the defensive side. You know, we I gave Jacoby Spells and some folks, you know, after Thursday's win against Virginia Tech, um, some credit because we've hammered on them early in this young season, right? I mean, these guys are still trying to figure it all out, and against Virginia Tech, they didn't look too bad. We we owned up to the fact that we thought that probably had something to do with we weren't impressed at all with Virginia Tech's skill position players. In this game, it seemed like that all just was put under the magnifying glass because Texas had some really athletic wideouts. Uh, Hudson Card, I thought they made him look like a Heisman Trophy candidate, to be honest. I mean, the, and, and uh, Guido, Jake Lance has a really good article I'll put in the show notes if you haven't read it yet. Jake kind of wrote a quick article for the smoking musket where he looked at just the scoring plays and just kind of pointed out just the sheer confusion in the secondary really, yeah. you know, we were focused on the person, put a bunch that, of screenshots. Yeah. Like he was, he was just kind of illustrating 
not only was the person who made the score open, but really Hudson Card could have thrown to a number of wide open receivers streaking down the field. So, you know, that that feels bad. And I think it just sort of what whatever good you felt coming out of Virginia Tech, it kind of went on its ear in this game. Just just some goofy stuff like double teaming a running back during a, a pass play. Yeah. Like, right. what are we doing? Like just just seemingly out of position, confused. And Guido, I think that's what makes me frustrated uh, it didn't, we did not look like a team that had nine days to prepare for Texas at all. We, no. we, we no, didn't. you're right. And I think that, you know, well, you, and you had alluded to it, Steve, who's one of our listeners, uh, had tweeted at us and said, you know, that, uh, our argument was about, you know, Virginia tech, but bailing out, but everybody else bailed us out, but Texas didn't bail us out any of this game. So Texas didn't give us any room. And, you know, and then on top of that, the defensive side Johnson did what the defensive side does. I mean, you said, Cart, uh, you know, Hudson Card goes 21 for 27, <laughs> 21 for 27. And as the backup, had, you know, as like the backup. Right. Like, yeah, he's can you imagine what that, Quinn Ewers would have done? Yeah, right. I mean, it feels it just feels bad that he's he's stepping in as the backup. And and I think we talked about and maybe this is a little bit of a segue for a minute to talk about this defense, but we had we had been kind of staying, or is it just me, maybe, had been staying optimistic that we felt our defensive front was stout. And as long as we could go up against teams and put some pressure on the quarterback, run stop, you know, kind of kind of make it more difficult for a quarterback to just drop back and pick apart this this secondary that's still figuring it out. In this game, I thought Hudson card really didn't have to worry about that. Um, I don't, I don't think he was pressured at all. I, I think the run, I think they did um, fine against the run considering the talent of the two running backs at Texas's disposal, but really they didn't, they didn't put a whole lot of pressure on anything at the line of scrimmage. And so I, I thought Hudson card just had sort of his pick of whatever receiver he wanted to throw to. I mean, the box score you're reading Guido just seems to prove that all out. Yeah. And I think that I think part of the problem is, is that the offense or defensive line, you know, was not putting a lot of pressure on because you have Bijan Robertson Robinson on that team. And, you know, he's, He's a good running back, and so they didn't want to give up too much of that ground in order to put pressure on the yeah, quarterback. Yeah, you can't just peel. You can't just pin your ears back. You got to be constantly looking right. for that. So I, I get it, but it just felt it felt like really, you know, those memes where like, you know, you usually see that during an NFL game where they'll you know put a meme together and it shows the quarterback like, oh, who cares? He's down there somewhere. He'll catch it. That's what I felt like in this game. Like I felt like Hudson Card just could have winged it down there to anyone on the on the um on the halfback option where the running back threw a pass was, he looked well, he a, terrific like he was he a wide rec- i guess i was gonna say he's a wide receiver I was oh, just was looking he a wide, him up. okay yeah yeah xavier worthy oh yeah a wide right. receiver he is yeah thanks scoot he i mean even he looked like a natural passer uh on on that score so it was just frustrating all night really against against the pass and it just makes me feel terrible now you guys are alluding to like now we've got Baylor Texas Tech some of these teams we know they're going to wing it around it just feels like you know what do you do now the the conversation I was having with the person I watched the game with last night is like well you know these are the guys you got like you know what do you do now people are obviously going to keep watching this tape they're going to attack you in that fashion so you kind of are what you are now. How how do you how do you stack things up against that? Here's a stat that's crazy to me. So I look at the secondary. I know we know the secondary is weak, right? Texas's secondary. How many? How much credit do you think they got for passes defensed? Passes broken up really is what it is. I won't. I have it in front of me. I won't look though. Um, zero. I'm gonna go. Zero. They had seven. They they, they seven, broke okay. up seven. They broke okay, up seven okay. of our passes. Okay. All right. How many did we break up of theirs? <laughs> I, see. I just looked at it. Uh, one. Yeah, one. One. It was one. one. Maybe it was it one. Is one. And uh, they gave credit to Wilson Lamp on a, a pass breakup. Okay. Okay. But well, you guys, you guys really good. called it. I feel like looking back to last week's show, I, I really thought I was focused on Texas Tech you know, when they played against Texas, they, they were able to score the ball. They were able to score points. I think they put up in the neighborhood of like 37, 38 points. When we were talking predictions last week, that's where I thought we would be, but the offense really never got anything going. 
and you guys were way more on the money. Scooch, you went with 21 points out of WVU. Guido, you went with 27. I was way up in the 30s. So to me, that feels like a developing issue as well, right? I mean, we we glossed over that a bit with Virginia Tech because we had a pick six, but uh, you know, and we were leaning into the Ollie meter a little bit, but it seems like this offense is just going to have to deal with the fact that it has to it has to get at least three on every drive and, and likely has to score every time it touches the ball. I hear, so here's where I went. You know, we kind of, I mean, it, we saw what we saw and we saw what we expected to see, right? Like, I, I think that I was kind of hoping the offense would be a little better and put more points up or at least keep us in the game a little longer. They did not in the first half. So we know we know what we have now. Let's look down the road, guys. Like so, originally, you know, we all had Baylor's a loss, and then and then you start looking at some of these other ones. We all three of us picked TCU as a win. T- I don't think we're beating TCU now, do you? No. T- TCU's now ranked. No, TCU's now ranked. You know, um, so I I think that and that's the thing about the Big Twelve that's really starting to put me on my heels a little bit is TCU is ranked. And well, uh, Kansas State is ranked. Oklahoma State is ranked. Here's the thing: I don't. Looking at the teams that we didn't expect to be wins, so the like the Oklahomas, the Oklahoma States, the those games, I don't expect those to somehow be fluky wins for us either. Like I don't, Mm-mm. I don't feel like we've got a fluky win out of any of those now. I really don't. I think our only chance, Scooty, for a fluke win now is we all picked WVU to lose to Iowa State. I think that's the only one in the in the list that's a fluky win. But here's the other problem: is I picked I picked uh, TCU as a win. I don't think I'm picking TCU. I mean, I have to stick with it. But like, I don't think I would now. I'm I, I'm at first I was jokingly worried that we wouldn't win any more games this season. I'm to the point now where I'm genuinely worried. Like, that's just for argument's sake. We don't know what's going on with CJ Donaldson, but he's gonna miss a game probably, maybe two. Who knows? Who knows what's wrong with him? Right? He might be done. Yeah. Might be done. It might be, you know. I mean, it's great that he traveled back with a team, but you don't know what the severity of the situation is. Scoot, how do you feel about your barometer for all things head coach Neil Brown stayed true as he failed once again to win three in a row? And I feel like there's no more, like, if he, I think we said this when we were doing some uh, preseason predictions, but. I think you're safe in that measurement until next season, right? I mean, I don't think right, there's no, a, He's not winning no three sh- anywhere, right? <laughs> there's no I mean, stretch on this on. remaining schedule where he could maybe no. defeat Listen, that, that I, beast, right? Here's the thing that's frustrating to me, and I'm I'm going to – we'll kind of get this going. So, of course, uh, we're all on Twitter, and we read the WVU Twitter, and there's – I feel like there's a fairly heated debate about the people that want him gone now, the people that think, okay, we'll have him gone at the end of the season, and then the people that are like, oh, you're, he's just a coach. We need to give him more time. It's the players that are making the mistakes. It's not the coach. And, you know, this is I'm, – I'm true to WVU through and through, and, you know, you're you're – Trying to, or I'm not going to spend money. I don't want to give up any money to get rid of him. Um, and it's it's all over the place. And there are what I think is happening is I think the the noise is getting a little bit louder. So the people that have been holding out hope in true West Virginia fashion, right? It can't be that bad. This is this is our guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, he's going to come around. He says nice things. He does cool cannonballs at his pool parties. All those things that make people <laughs> like him, right? Uh, I think he plays some hillbilly golf with the kids. Um, that kind of stuff. So He's starting to lose some of those people. And it's the ones that are still kind of like diehard. Those people that are now starting to get their dander ruffled. Yeah. And uh, listen... And I, I know that, you know, we share similar thoughts to like Brandon Phoenix and the RVK guys and uh, dare I say some of the other outlets that we see on on Twitter. But I've been saying it for at least two years, maybe yeah. two and a half now. No, like, you have. Like <laughs> I might been, be the original, been, but like <laughs> I've not liked him since 
since he didn't run Garrett Green back out. But, but here's the thing, and, and, and you're right, Scooty. Like, it, in it, it really sparked up. I mean, I felt like if you were on Twitter yesterday, by halfway through the second quarter, the Fire Neil Brown, the hashtag Fire Neil Brown tweets really sparked up. And, I mean, you look at – I guess here's my argument. I understand there's the buyout, Johnson. But, like, if you look at the other coaches that are being fired, if you look at the other schools, like, are we different than Wisconsin? Are we different than Nebraska, Scott Frost? Like, I, why are we, like, I, I get there's a buyout, but let's be honest with you. That buyout, it's, it's a lot of money. It's nothing to WV. Listen, I think it's low self-esteem. Here, and here's why. Because people are, are feeling like, well, we may not be able to do any better than this. And um, we're going to have to start all over again. And Listen, we're bad. We're not good. Starting all over again might be way better than what well, we're seeing right now. I saw right? I, before we got on to do the podcast, I was I was flipping through Twitter and there were two things that caught my attention. One is what you just said. There's this whole camp of people that are like, you're going to have to rebuild again. And I keep genuinely trying to figure out what exactly we would be re- right like what <laughs> we're at like, ashes already. When, we're at the ashes when you, already when like, you put re when like <laughs> phonetically built. you're right build. when you put build when you put re in front of the thing that means that is indicating you have already done the thing and now you need to do yes, it again we aren't, we, like, aren't we never did the thing so like that's that's one thing then secondly i saw this whole conversation i i should have saved it but someone tweeted Something to the effect of like, I like how the bloodthirsty WVU fans are now after Neil Brown because his very capable quarterback didn't always make the great throws to his very capable wide receivers who dropped passes. And he ended the tweet by like, hey, it's not always Neil Brown. And I'm like, if you watched last night's game... And your takeaway was that a few drops were the main focus and issue with that loss when you're down 28 to nothing. And it looks like your team has not even heard of Austin, much less how a football works. Like, come on. Like, you're just trying too hard. You're not addressing the issue. And I I tweeted something out earlier. Guys, I did some research. Oh. I did. You want to hear my research? I did a little bit of research. research. I like this. I mean, I did a little bit of work. Um, there's a Google doc that proves it out. I mean, I used a spreadsheet scoot. So I went back and looked, uh, I was curious and I think other people have sort of, I've seen some tweets here and there about it, but I wanted to go look for myself. Like how have other coaches in the coaching tree at WVU, how, how have they done through their first 40 games? And I mean, not like people have gone back to like Frank Signetti, but I wanted to like really go back a little bit farther and just see like, what have people done in their first 40 games? So I went back to art Lewis. Um, so that's like, he started in like 1950. So I was saying like essentially since world war two modern era. Yeah. Like let's say modern era. And I tweeted this out. So WVU coaches have averaged 23 wins through their first 40 games. Neil Brown would rank eighth in that 10 coach block with his 19. Um, to match the average tenure of those coaches. Now I took Neil, I took Don Nealon out cause he just sort of skews the whole thing with his 21 seasons. But if you look at the rest of those coaches, the average tenure was six years. So if, if he is to match that, are we really going to roll for two and a half more years? Like the, that's kind of what I was trying to ask. I, um, bless my heart. I didn't get any feedback. I always do this stuff on Twitter and then I, I don't get a whole lot of feedback, but I, for you guys, I'll pick the question to you. I, I think you did. Thank you. I, I pre- yeah. My, my hey, Twitter Tom. self-esteem needs that. We don't even um, like your tweet. I know. Where are you at friend? Uh, yeah. I thought we were friends. Anyway, I apologize. like, do you think it's real? Cause I started to think like, so if we say like the, cause there's, you know, for the people that are like, man, you're turning on this coach, which I don't, I don't get that at all. Like you've given this guy four years. I think, like, the, I think the standard thing is three, right? Remember when people would like, well, you got to give a guy three years. Uh, I think it's even less now. We're, we're in year four and it looks like the standard for WVU is six. So I started to think like, cause Guido's good about centering me on well don't forget about this buyout and don't forget about you know the extension and these reasonable things that would keep a coach in in place so i was trying to decide 
do you roll with this for two and a half more, you know, the rest of this season and then two more to get him six full seasons to kind of meet this average? Is that is that what we're doing? Like it, and I guess I'll go first, like since I'm bringing it up in my mind. Oh my, like, oh my God, like, where are we in six, like two more years? You know, like if this is the thing to me, <laughs> where, to, is, me we're, to, to me, is we're definitely Neil Brown, the Jeff Fisher of college football. Well, I think you're, I think you're too, I mean, is that too, too generous to Neil Brown? No, well, maybe, but I think you're also, but don't too you early. think we're cementing us? Like I'm afraid in two years, we're now the new Kansas. Like we're like what well, everybody expects well, a win I mean, against West Virginia, you know. I don't know why you say two years because right now we are <laughs> right, the new Kansas. Right. We're well like, on our way. You're right? being generous by saying two years, <laughs> right? That's true. Right. Yes, you're right. Do you think there's any team in the Big Twelve right now that looks at WVU on their schedule and has any work? No, I don't think so. Any team that's got a quarterback that has a pulse, right, is excited. <laughs> any team that has a quarterback and maybe a wide receiver or two. You know, that, that's all they that that's isn't all you a need. tight end. Right. Like, it looks like a tight end, I guess, like Virginia Tech's. I, I think that, you know, I don't know, Johnson. Like, I I don't know how you if this season finishes the way I think the season's gonna finish. And I you know, I know I originally said five wins and Scoot said four wins, and I have to be honest with you, I'm teetering on the three slash four wins. If they if Neil Brown, if this team finishes with three wins, how do you bring him back? Well, I've, how do you bring anybody on that staff back no, you're, outside of maybe Grant Hare? No, you're right. Like, I, and we I haven't know. even talked about we haven't even talked about like what what's wrong on the defensive side. No, I want to get there you know, because yeah. now. No, I want to get. Yeah, let's because, do. Let's finish this, and then I want to go. You're exactly right. Because, and, but you're right. Like, and so I don't know. I don't know how you look at it and do that. And like, I don't know. This season's not going to end well. We, I think we're all mentally prepared. So we're not for going to a bowl game. I don't think we're oh. going to a bowl game. And I think that, like, let's just start with that, Scooty. Like, we're not going to a bowl game. That's bad, first of all. Like, if he went 6-6 six and six and we went to a bowl game again this year with 6-6, six and six, he'd be back next year, hands down. If he won five games, maybe he'd be back next well, year. Well, that that's he, a good segue because that's where I was going, Guido. So, like, what – what do you think has to happen? Because I I don't think WVU is one of those schools. So you're you know you were alluding to like Wisconsin just fired Paul Christ and stuff. I think I think Wisconsin like Jake or uh, somebody I saw tweeted uh, Jake Lance. Someone someone pointed out like well expectations are obviously different because at Wisconsin I think they've been in the conference championship game like very frequently over the years. They had some ten win seasons. So obviously you know, they must just have higher expectations. I don't think WVU does that. So you're right. I agree with you. I think if, if he limped this back to six wins, I think he's fine, but I'm not sure how bad it has to get. That's the part. So back to my tweet, back, back to my tweet. Like I couldn't, I couldn't figure out like how bad does it have to get then? But like, but like, okay, let's compare us to a school that I think is actually, you know, kind of close to us, which is Arizona state, right? Arizona state, fires Herm Edwards on the sideline after the game, right? Yeah, Like two weeks ago. Was that two weeks ago they did uh, that? I think so, yep. After the game. yep. His buyout was something like 8 or $10 million. He had two years left on his contract. It was like, t- I think it was Which like is, listen, something. can I just say this real quick? That's hilarious. Whoever has Neil, whoever is Neil Brown's agent is a genius. <laughs> is a genius. Because Herm right. Edwards, to me, I don't know the guy, but- like I'm buying pretty much anything he's selling because he seems like a guy what that was, I could play uh, for. What was Herm Edwards? Play you to play win the game. to win the game, right? Well, like, but now Herm, Scoot. Now keep him and Guido. I mean, a Herm, things, Herm I apparently the also had them yeah. in some NCAA gray areas that they weren't happy with. But you're right. I mean, that's probably a more level playing field, and they're and they're cutting him loose. I, I guess I'm just saying that if I think you're right. You and I had said five and seven. I think if he limps this to five and seven, God forbid, a sixth win, I think it's fine. I think we just roll Here's on the thing forward. That's frustrating. There's no right? six wins, though, John. No, I, there's no, no I know. Wins. No, I, I'm afraid there's not. Right. Listen. I think I think Scoot's probably more in the four win correct territory. And, and we're sitting here talking, like, and this is the problem. This is what Scoot's going to say. Like, we're sitting here talking about five or six wins. Like, it's West Virginia. We had a we're coach in about- waiting for Coach Stewart. He was like Stewart nine and nine three, wins. but we're gonna we're gonna put him out to pasture as fast <laughs> as we went, can. I think he went three seasons of nine and three. By yeah, the way. but we're gonna put him out yeah. to pasture. Sure, it was the big the Big East. Granted, that's, big that's East, what everyone's yeah. gonna say. Oh, it was the Big East. Well, listen, 
And it was a beat up Big East at that point. It too. does look at Lance Leopold, right? When did he take over as the can? Did he get the full season last year, or did he take over? Yeah, he had the full season. Last I think year, he did. Yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah. so you start to see the big change when he goes with Jalen Daniels as the starter, correct? Yes, I think so. Yeah, and I think that the last three games of the season, they pulled his red shirt and he decided let's let's roll the dice. Well, on that's the guy when that's they started good. raising some eyebrows, like, oh, they almost beat such yeah. and such, and then right. they did beat Texas and you know West Virginia. And the excitement that Jalen Daniels brings. I do. I think JT Daniels can do that for us. I do. I really. I think he could bring some of that type of excitement. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, we haven't had a quarterback that's made us feel this good since Will Greer, and, and even then, I think um, there were times where I, I think Will Greer probably wasn't what we had with Geno, which is kind of odd that now Geno's got this long tenured career in the NFL. And Will right. struggling to get like a sniff at playing time. Here's the thing, Scooty. Like, and you're and you're not wrong. And I and I I feel bad, and I'm sure that the people that talk to JT Daniels uh, are saying, "Hey, we need to be thinking about what our exit strategy remember, is here." Remember when JT Daniels' dad had that quote in an interview that was like, "I think there are at least nine wins." Like, I feel bad for right. those people. Remember that, Scooty? You yeah. know what? Here's I feel the bad thing. for here's those the, people. And here's the thing, though. I think they would have been if they had defense because JT Daniels is in such a bad position, like where we talked about at the top of the show. Like they've got to put up, they've got to go down the field. Well, he's got to score every time. Three he cannot he score, not every score. Time. And th- there's no way you could ask a quarterback to be successful with that kind of pressure on you. And so that brings us to the defensive side of the ball, Johnson. And I don't understand why. You know, I feel like in the post game press conferences and all the talk that Neil Brown has had, Scooty. Over the last couple games, it's been like, yeah, we need to work on the secondary. The secondary is definitely a weak spot. And then, you know, and then Caden Prather had seven drops and whatever. If you know, you what, you know they learned are, yet. I know where Neil Scoot's Brown. gonna I know where he's going with this. Now he did change the kick the kick punt return. He did. Duties, so he did. So yeah. Well, but Neil Brown, a couple things, right? Neil Brown is gonna say his press conferences to me or post game, pre-game, I don't care what game part of the game mid game every time i'm in the game you, you in the game they're all like fluff there's nothing good coming out of those things and it's all going to be like well you know he's just so ho-hum you know doesn't get one way or the other yeah there's but zero give him fire your, about but him. give him your ac- accusation i know where you're going with this like give, well, give the accusation he's not gonna he's not gonna let go of his buddy right if that's where you, yeah that's where he's I'm not going. gonna let go of his buddy because we read this earlier guido i think one of you guys brett mcmurphy was talking about san diego state fired their offensive coordinator and i started thinking like and i think he even put in there it's like the second mountain west offensive coordinator fired in as many weeks and i just started thinking like I was thinking after the game last night, you know, every, like Neil Brown gets all the the torch, right? He gets the full gasoline from the blowtorch after every game. It's a referendum on Neil Brown. And people are like, well, you know, some some folks on Twitter are like, no, I think he's actually showing that he's a capable CEO of this thing. He brought in Graham Harrell. You know, we said, hey, the offense needs some work. He brought in Graham Harrell. I sat after the game last night And I think I brought this up after Kansas too, and it just feels even more way worse now, but aren't you surprised that Shadon Brown, Jordan Leslie, this defensive staff doesn't get more angst directed? Like WVU fans are engaged and they're knowledgeable and and they know like they, like you can run into a random WVU fan and they're going to have knowledge about people on the staff, not just the head coach. And so it makes me, it's, it's weird to me. And I'm surprised that those folks, Jordan, Jordan Leslie and these guys aren't getting more angst directed at them. And I know like the, the rep, Tort I get to that when I see it brought up on Twitter, like the very few times you see it, people will say, "Well, he fielded a, a solid defense, the you know for three years. You're just focusing on he had this a attri- and they start going down the excuse train. Like he's also not responsible for talent retention and stuff like that. I, I'm just surprised that Neil Brown's not turning to them like, hey. They're riding me here pretty hard. I, I'm now going to shake this staff up a little bit. Okay, so I have two thoughts. One, 
talking about talent and looking at talent, uh, name for me some of the talent that's gone on to the NFL in the Neil Brown era. I can't do that off the top of my head, Scoot. I is don't that the, is that the point you're trying any, to Yeah, make? right. I don't think there is a lot of talent going off to the NFL from the Neil Brown era. Well, there's a lot of and, talent going to other universities right. in the Neil Brown era. And, and I, I think of like Darius, right? I think all of us thought, man, okay, Darius is yeah. big. T- but I, I apparently he something didn't click in the NFL, right? Maybe he was injured. I know he had some injuries or whatever. But so my concern is, are they cultivating the talent that they have to if because every college kid is going to with the goal of playing in the next level. So I don't know that we're doing a great job of that. So my second thought is I would love, I would absolutely love to have a sit down conversation with Jamal Adai and find out exactly. Listen, <laughs> that's, that's not going to be a popular statement. Though, yeah, Scoot. but, I'd, but, but here, I want to know. But here's like, the thing. And this, I, I want to go down this too, Scooty. So go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so he was, when he was last year, co-defensive coordinator, correct? Yes. Yeah. 20. Right. 20. And he left. Yes. Did he did he leave to get a coordinator position? Yes. No. 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 He went to Georgia. No, I'm thinking he of present. Yeah. I'm thinking of present. He did he not went leave. to Georgia. He went for as a, a like, secondary kind coach, of a like lower a defensive pos- back, yeah, like a lower position. Yeah. Right. 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 And then he's now parlayed that into a different position at the University of Miami. Right. So. I would love to talk to him because, to me, for a former alum who was a big-time player for us when he was here, it's very odd. And I would think um, – I think we were talking before the show about the sentimental stuff we have connected to our colleges that we all went to. And I would think that most people who had a good college experience would love – to work for the school that they went to, even if it's not in the athletic capacity, right? If, if WVU came to you and said, Hey, we'd like you to be a adjunct professor, or we'd like you to come back and talk to some, you know, seniors Johnson about, uh, you know, what the engineering program did for you or something. I think you'd be excited about that. And you'd, you'd, you'd be interested in doing it. You definitely would consider doing it. And then you'd be honored. And the fact that he was co-defensive coordinator at his alma mater, and then he's now gone, and we were all kind of like, okay, that's a little like it definitely got my ear turned. I was like, uh, this is a little weird. Well, here, here's the thing, and this is this is where I wanted to go with this, guys. And and I saw this on Twitter a little bit. Something's going on. You know, we talk about transfers, right? And every school's going to have transfers. I mean, we were upset. We lost. You know, some wide receivers last year. I think Winston Wright comes to mind. Sean Ryan, like guys who left. There were some, but that defensive back and linebackers squad, like we we held our defensive line crew, but we lost. I mean, it started with Jackie Matthews, right? I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah, yeah. It was like January. Mississippi State. I think he went. He went. He yeah, left. he he left. It was like January, and Jack, we lost. And we thought, man, Jackie Matthews was going to be one of like he was going to be. You know, cornerback, he was going to be sort of like a, a big part of this team. And then it kind of like from there went crazy. You know, you lost Jackie Matthews and then come whatever it was, whenever the because I don't know if the portal opened or whatever it was again. But then you you lost, you know, Chandler Shamado, Jazeer Cox, Nick Troy Fortune. You know, you lost a couple other names in there. Um, uh, Austin Cave and, and Travis Lee. That room got empty really oh quick. yeah decimated what why why was that like that that's not a well and what is your reaction guido when people point to that as a reason why like i see that framed on twitter like well you can't get mad at jordan leslie the transfer portal took but I, like but how can't i why, get, that's like, like why did that's he like point, that's like going to the company you They're work starters. at and saying the manager of a department can't be held accountable for like half the employees leave. Like, I don't understand that. Of course he can. That's part of his job is to retain and develop this talent. Like I don't. And Neil, and Neil Brown was pretty clear in camp about how hard they had to work to, to retain some players 
that were wanting to transfer and how they had to re-recruit yeah, them. Yeah, re-recruit, I think. Why, is... did, why, would, why did they re-recruit, you know, those, those you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton was one of those names, Sam James was one of those names that they had to re-recruit those guys, but they couldn't re-recruit any of those defensive. And, and listen, here's the problem. If I was, if I was uh, JT Daniels, if I was Graham Harrell, who all came here under the auspice of, well, this defensive team's holding together, and they look good last year defensively. That you know, that's a strong point. They just need offense. And then it all erodes. Yeah. And then it all goes away. And so now, that, you know, and again, this is where J- Johnson and I always say, this is why we can't have nice well, things. We this never is, can. <laughs> this is why we can't. The you Twitter know? crowd out there is going to say, you can't fire Neil Brown because you're going to lose JT Daniels. You're going to lose Nico. You're going to lose all these other guys to the transfer portal. You're going to lose them anyway. Exactly right. You're going to lose them. Who wants to play on a team that's not winning games? Well, tell me, tell me though, cause I got to get the, I got to, I keep talking myself in a circle. Like, don't you agree? Like, so maybe you don't, maybe Shane Lyons doesn't go and, you know, fire Neil Brown. Like may, maybe, maybe that doesn't happen, but wouldn't you at least expect if there's such a glaring issue like we have with this defense, and I know like the coaches can't go out and play, the players play, I get it, I, I understand all that. But if there's a glaring issue in that unit, because I think, by the way, you could make the same sort of discussion around uh, the offensive line unit as well, where we constantly feel like we don't see development, like don't you think you could at least expect the head coach to say, Hey, look, there's some things that aren't working. There's a we common don't see, thread with those yeah, two lines. R- right. Those two we, areas. we don't see positive, you know, results consistently. We're making a change here. I'm not saying that it suddenly improves stuff. Cause you you have the guy, no. the guys you have are the guys you have, and I'm not going to be toxic to them, but like you would expect improvement. You would expect people to not go into Austin looking like they had no clue where they were supposed to be. I mean, to me, you would see some movement there in that in the people that head up those units. It, it's looked that way every game. The defensive the, the defensive secondaries look that way every game. You know, Virginia Tech was we were lucky to win that game because Virginia Tech was terrible. Here's my question, Scooty: Does Neil Brown save his job if he fires Jordan Leslie before the season's out? Ah. Uh. Well, does Neil Brown stay on if he says, "Listen, we saw the issue. The defense is the problem. We're doing great offensively. We have to make a change at defense. Jordan Leslie has to go. Shadon Brown's going to be interim. Then we'll find somebody in the." I think you better hope that you see a, a perk up in the right direction if that's the case, because three wins and you fired your defensive coordinator still is three wins, and you fired your defensive coordinator like you. You need to have so if you do no, that. No, I'm saying that I'm saying they say he does it between now and the Baylor game, or between now and the end of October. Well, does I'm that saying make a, the, I don't know. I, I'm like so you do that. Let's say you do that, and Shadon Brown is the guy you've kind of tabbed as the interim defensive coordinator. And I ain't saying that. Like well, let's let's be clear. No, here. Right. I, I ain't saying that. <laughs> like right, don't let's go don't with put, that. like don't uh, make people think that's who's the defensive my... line coach Jackson. <laughs> I think Jackson is the defensive line coach. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, maybe, I, think his name, I think his name's actually maybe, Andrew Jackson. Maybe, yeah. maybe consider someone else too while you're at it. Is all so let's I'm say saying. let's say you elevate Jeff Castile back to defensive coordinator. Will that suffice? Maybe. Okay. okay. May, maybe. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I think you better see some changes. I think you need to see some positive changes because if it doesn't do, if you're just like treading water and you've just swapped somebody out, then I don't know that that necessarily saves his job. Like, three wins is tough. Like, that's tough, man. But don't, don't, you, know. but don't you agree, Scoot? I guess what I'm saying, because you're right. Swapping a guy out, like, in, in the same results. Like, you're, you're exactly right. And that would very well likely, like, there's more of a probability that that would still happen. But I guess what I'm saying is you're always on his case about his post-game speeches and stuff. The do nothing option, which we're currently doing, oh, like we're, we're all at, in, right? Very we're, good at so doing when you, nothing. We're all like in on when the do you list your right options, now. do nothing's always an option, and we're full send on do nothing right now, right? <laughs> so if in three more games, if we have say three more losses, and the defense continues to look like you know it looks in Austin, 
and and we don't make any change there and we keep getting in the post game like yeah you know we got to figure stuff out we're gonna get healthy i think after this game he was like you know we're kind of banged up we didn't get a full off week you know we got to get that under our like, yeah, i mean like right. i guess all i'm saying is at least i think people if they saw a move in the staff i like your neil brown accent that's a good neil brown that's a, that's a yeah, that's just off the dome. That was just off the dome. <laughs> I would think at least people in the fan base would be like, well, at least he's trying to do. So. I think they would react kind of the way they reacted to a Graham Harrell or something. You know, at least he's trying to be like, hey, we need to address this. And and this is um, Scooty. Listen, Scooty, you need to be proud of yourself because I'm like I'm I'm in full Scoot camp now. Like I really am because Scoot's not wrong in the sense that like West Virginians. I mean, and I'm I know there are other. Uh, people like us that do podcasts and write websites and all that kind of stuff that are loud. But on a whole, West Virginians are like, well, that Neil Brown's such a sweet guy. Like he came out and he said everybody's really hurt. And, you know, maybe next week it'll be better. Well, and I don't, and Guido, I don't want to do that because in the same camp are these people I see on Twitter like, well, you know, people drop balls and they're they're just ball droppers. And what are you going to do? Just, they just they drop balls. <laughs> what are you going to do, hey, do, man? Guys, I'm sure they're nice. I'm sure fellas. they're nice. What are you sure they, They're are, nice fellers. As things are going, they're good fellers. Thing, they're great fellers. As things are rolling down down this hill that we're rolling down are you more likely to think that graham harrell was not a neil brown decision was graham harrell brought in from somebody above like a shane Lyons? oh i agree um and that maybe neil brown is a little i don't want to say he's upset about it but i think he's proud i think he was probably a proud offensive coordinator because he was an offensive coordinator where at texas tech i do, i think that Graham Harrell was not Neil Brown's decision alone. And I think maybe Shane Lyons said, hey, here's three names. Pick one. Or, hey, of these guys, who do you like the best? But, I mean, the Graham Harrell get was obviously done in order to try to get a JT Daniels. I mean, it was calculated. You can't say it wasn't. I, I just, like, I don't know. And, and again, I mean, we can, we can keep running down this hill, guys, because, like, at some point, the 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 it, it all starts to fall in Shane Lyons because Shane Lyons is going to have to be the one that walks in the room and says, "Listen, it, you got to get you got to give you got to put somebody else up to get hatched." Well, because, and to bring this so to or you're next. so to bring this around full circle. So back to that, you know, I was saying I did some research and stuff. I think, I think based on the way WVU approaches these things, you know, Scoot likes to point to history. Uh, so I was looking at history and I think the fact that this extension that's fairly hefty on this buyout is in place, I guess I'm resigned to the fact that I need to, like I was telling myself last night, like, Hey self, you need to just get comfy because this is where you are for at least like another year and a half, if not two and a half years. That's where I'm at. Oh, Scoot. I hope, uh, I hope you're wrong. Well, I hate to say, I, I hate to say, I hope you're wrong, but I hope you're wrong. I just think, I think we're we're in a bad we're in a real bad spot. <laughs> we're in a real bad spot. It's not going to get any better anytime soon without major changes. The Graham Harrell was a good change. Yes. Now is here's the other thing that we don't know. Like so there's some things where is Neil Brown how much influence does he have on this offense? Does he have any influence on this offense? Is it totally a Graham Harrell show? Or did he, you know, did he say to Graham Harrell, listen, we need to change things up a little bit because this Texas defense is a little bit different. So let's let's try some of my old some of my old favorites, some of my greatest hits. The five yard curl pass. <laughs> Can I interest you in a bubble screen? screen. Yeah. You're right. Can let's you, play yeah. some of my would you like to see what's it gonna screen? take to get you into this bubble screen? Well, let's play some of my greatest hits. <laughs> Um, so is there some of that? I mean, he has to be held accountable for anything that we see on the field because he ultimately he is the boss. But if I told you, let me, let me do it another way. If I told you as Dana Holgerson was heading for Houston, that in, was this pre or post him, uh, yelling at the crowd on the sideline? No, I mean like three years. Like, so if I told you three and four, Four games ago, or whatever, five games ago, four, three, score and five three, games ago. three score and five games ago. If I said, "Hey, on October third, twenty twenty-two, your best win in this guy's tenure will be against Army," 
and uh, he'll have four wins total against people that had winning records, you won't be ranked for a single week during that span. Like, and I started telling you the, what would you tell, would you say, well, you got to give that guy, you got to give him through this year and maybe next, you got to give him a chance, man. Maybe he's still putting stuff like, what would you have told me? You'd been like, no, no, thanks. I don't want any. of it. So that's why I'm, I'm just continuously surprised at the people that continue to make excuses and this feeling like we're locked in. Cause I think we're locked in. I think this buyout and all this stuff locks us in and I'm, I don't like it. I hope you're wrong. I mean, I, you know, I think, well, I'll be honest. I think so. There was, there was a lot of steam after the Kansas loss about not only were the boosters upset, but there was a lot of steam about like, they'd even like thrown some names out of people they'd rather have. Yeah. Right. So it sounds as though, if we needed to get out from under this buyout, we can get out from under this buyout. I agree, Scooty, a hundred percent. Like, do you th- um, we do you out. think that really? I do. Now, I do. Is Gordon Gee gonna hold Shane Lyons accountable for us having to get out of this buyout? There might be some booster pressure that say to Gordon Gee, "Hey, listen, we'll foot the bill here on this twenty million. But Shane, but you got to bring like peanut butter Shane's, and jelly sandwiches to lunch from now on because yeah, or like, Shane may have to. Out he may pocket. need a handcuff or something. You know, we may have to do something to kind of limit him so that he's not extending guys after a mediocre first year for no reason. Like, to I mean, that was well, one of the the most preposterous things ever. I'm and I think it's going to be an interesting two months left of the season, guys, because I think it's. You know, we we finish up. You know what is what is last game? Well, is and it, again, November. Here's what I'm going to say. I have no sympathy for the guy that gets. He's the public employee in the state of West Virginia, paid the most. No, I hear you, Scoot. I get and, it. And and people are like, well, we've got to give him a chance. How about the rest of the hardworking West Virginians? T- t- take take money out of it. Take you got to. I get that, but you got to take the money part out of it because that's the, he's the going rate. I mean, he's I get he's, it. He, he's I, getting the going rate for a major D one school. So take that portion of it out. At, at what point does West Virginia start to act like the other D one colleges? That's well, what I want to know. Agreed. At what point does WVU start to go? Hey, you know what? This isn't working. Hey, you know Ken Kendrick. Hey, whoever, like, let's pick up the phone. Let's get the buyout money that we need to get because we can, and let's move on and start again. Well, it's um, also interesting, Guido, that we had like we had so much fun whooping up on Virginia Tech because then for nine days you got to enjoy it like a big hokey celebration. Like you got the you got to just celebrate that for nine days until the next time <laughs> you played. That's what you said last. I episode. know. I was so happy about it. Now I'm opposite. When's the right, next celebration? Now, now I'm well. Now I'm opposite because now we have to dwell on this. We don't play next weekend. Our, we we head into Baylor. We head into this Baylor game. It's a Thursday night game. Uh, so you have like extra time to dwell on this and it just feels now like this referendum on Neil Brown and this cloud of conversation just like hangs out there until you finally get back on the field. That's ugh. it just feels bad. If offense seems to be the bright spot, your offense didn't look great this last game. And now you're going to play a Baylor team that has a very good defense. And one of your other big bright spots is this like potential like Mack truck of a running back that we haven't seen in a while. And he's most likely not going to play in the next game. I'd be very surprised if he did. And who knows beyond that, right? So now you've lost some of that. And he's very much the reason why we were successful in some of those games that we did, you know, did, did well. Yeah, that's fair. Well, and and good news, guys. We don't need to make a prediction. We still have another week to sort of, you know, simmer and, and you Yay. know, take in and you know, <laughs> and see what we really want this this prediction to be for the Baylor game. I will ask you guys this one question though about the Baylor game. It's in Morgantown, right? A Thursday night game. West Virginia looked terrible against Texas. Over under thirty five thousand people in the stadium. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Now keep in mind, there were people who were like, for the Towson game, they were like, oh, I don't, like, I don't know if West Virginia is gonna put thirty five thousand people. Towson game, fifty thousand people showed up, but it was a nice day. It was September. It was warmer weather. 
Now we're in October on a Thursday night against Baylor at the at the Milan Pushkar Stadium. <laughs> what what is that like? What does that look like for people? Scoot, I think it's I think it's over because West Virginia fans will just I think they're loyal. They'll show up. I mean, if nothing else, they'll just all gather there to commiserate wow. how angry they are. Right? I mean, there it'll be it'll, it'll be, be it'll be over fifty. It'll be over, but if um, forty thousand of those, you think pe- it'll be over? Yeah, I think it'll be over thirty-five. 50? No, but if if forty thousand of those people who are upset with Neil Brown just stayed home, Neil Brown might go away a lot faster. Yeah, if, right. I mean, that's sure. The thing. Like it's right. It, you're gonna have of the let's say six, let's say fifty thousand go. You're probably gonna have thirty-five thousand that are like, man, Neil Brown is dragging us. Well, I I think it could get ugly though, Guido. I think it'll be a decent crowd, but there I, could be some I think if you're down, you know, if you're in the if you're four minutes to go in the second quarter again, and you're twenty eight nothing or something like, I think it's just going to be ugly on th- on primetime Thursday night TV. Oh, it could be a ghost town come fourth. Yeah, quarter. right. It could just it could just yeah, look really right. bad, and, and that's not the best advertising either. So I I don't know. I think stewing on this until that Thursday night game is just going to be frustrating now because that was a terrible look in Austin. In other uh, Big Twelve news, guys, uh, WVU can ha- hang one thing this year. They did have college game day at one of their games, and now another Big Twelve team can say that as. College game day is going to travel to Lawrence for the Kansas TCU game. Two undefeated Big 12 teams. How do you like them apples, Scoot? Um, well, I don't know. I, I think it's. Uh, I think they probably should have been in Kansas earlier. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. But I uh, listen. Uh, you know me. I'm I'm all in on the Jalen Daniels. I think he's big time. Uh, he is the Pat White of Kansas. And so I think that he – I watched – I think I tweeted to you guys a video when the crowd was chanting at WVU and he was kind of like taking it in and using that as motivation to to go out and, and do well. Um, I think he's, he's different, right? I think he's a guy that uh, is fun to watch and I think anybody would love to have him on their team. Well, and isn't the funny thing like we're – you know, everyone's focused on Kansas and Jalen Daniels and Lance Leopold and the turnaround there. But I think TCU has to be like, uh, excuse me, like we – TCU just essentially moved on from what was – I would argue is like their Don Nealon, you know. I mean, uh, which it was funny seeing – That he's on the sideline yeah, now and helped for beat Texas. us last yeah, night. Right. Yeah. But right. I mean TCU is also – trying to get footing with a new a new staff and a new coach and here they are four and oh and hosting college game day and having fun and having a, a really good season Here's so a far. question um chris Kleeman, is that how you say his name at kansas state Kleeman, Kleiman. i, I okay. yeah i'm not sure he took over the same year that neil brown did okay how's kansas state doing uh yeah good well they're four four two and oh in conference rank 20 and listen yeah no disrespect to our friends in Kansas. It's Kansas, <laughs> right? It's Kansas. The little apple. Yeah, come like, on, Scoot. Little apple. It's Kansas State. They're best known for coaches that wear windbreakers, and they name their stadiums after family restrooms. Like, it's Kansas. <laughs> well, and you could go like, on. I mean, Dave Aranda at Baylor. We, there's, to me, there's a lot of names. Even the new guy at Texas Tech that told everyone it flows through Lubbock. Runs and through Lubbock. It, it actually so doesn't. Let's continue to give Lubbock. Neil Brown four more years. Four right. more years. Right. So that's years, what it's just, it's years. weird, isn't it? Let's do that. <laughs> it's it's like, weird. Uh, it's really weird. It's like we've got some sort of. Does he get a statue? Does Neil Brown get a statue now after this? Or head that direction. <laughs> like, good grief. People on Twitter, stop making excuses for him. Stop saying, well, he needs to get more of his guys. Stop saying, well, it's only been three years. Stop saying he had to go through COVID. Everybody else has done this. Chris Kleeman Kleiman, he's the one on he's I should be trusting that Kleiman. Well, I think I think it'll be an it'll be an interesting game between Kansas and TCU. I mean, Kansas does come in uh ranked nineteen. TCU ranked seventeen after like destroying Oklahoma. Like, yes. I I've I, 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 I I was perplexed by that game. I mean, I know TCU's better this year, but uh, wow, 55-24 win over Oklahoma. Also, isn't um, – I believe I read that TCU's offensive coordinator yes. is Lincoln Riley's brother. Brother. Yeah, how you how you like that for a – Yeah. 
Like, well, I'm telling you, they had that's super relevant, Scoot, because I think at half, like at the half, I think they had like 480 total yards. I mean, it was like it was 40 something points. Yeah, it was like, it was insane. Heck is going it it on? was insane. Like people were calling for Brett Venables to step down after. That. I mean, it was that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Well, we'll see what happens, guys. Uh, we're going to try to uh, we'll be back next week. We'll do another show trying to uh, line up somebody to be on with us, hang out and talk WVU, sort of the status of where we are. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about the Baylor game. We'll talk about what changes may happen this week, if any. I mean, I don't expect to see anything happen, guys, but you never know. Maybe we get a big news drop on Monday. Who knows what happens? Uh, not likely. No, not likely. All right, guys. Uh, well, listen, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Don't forget, find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter, at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. And check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. Johnson, it's the hub of everything about yep, us. Yep, we'll post the latest show notes uh, in blog form there on the website. Uh, you can click the tune-in link to listen to the latest show. And if you're feeling frisky, you can click through to the GYEO merch store and shop for some merch. So check it out. Yeah, definitely get on there. You can uh, you can buy some pullover guy shirts on the merch store. You know, remember every everything that we uh, all the proceeds from the pullover guy shirts those get donated uh, to the Bob Huggins fish fry. So you can buy those. If you go to our website, uh, if you go to our store too, you know we do have the the uh, Neil Lasso t shirts that we sell as well. Neil Brown Ted Lasso hybrid t shirt there, so you can check that out as well. Uh, got your ears on Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Country Road.